With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid. So scared to do. I wanted In looking back I can see All the mistakes That I made And I wish that I Could talk to me And tell me I can change Don't be afraid Just walk With your Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is August 21st, 2018. Wow, I've done a show like twice in a week, breaking records here. All right, everybody, so uh, we're doing a show today, Why People Leave Alcoholics Anonymous from the Mouths of the Babes Themselves. We have somebody in the queue that's going to tell me their story. I want to do a little plug for few things. My film, The 13th Step, is available out there on Amazon. It's free if you're Amazon Prime, 52-minute version. And then there's on Vimeo. That's a little longer. It's an hour and seven minutes, but I like that version better because it has my story in it. <laughs> and some other people have, there's way more about like Gabrielle Glaser and Stephen Slade and a few other people smart recovery, and all the alternatives. I want to put a plug for the uh, Freedom Model, St. Jude's Retreat, um, which is being rebranded to call the Freedom Model, and it's considered a retreat place up in upstate New York, beautiful location. If you want a family member, wants something that's not AA, check it out. Um, What else? Practical Recovery has a place in San Diego, outpatient only, uh, for many people, that's all you need. And without further ado, we're going to bring Walter on. Here we go. Hi, Walter. You're on the air. Oh, hey, Annika. How are you? How you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Good, good, good. So I'm really glad you're able to do it, and uh, you have plenty of time. It turns out that uh, the other guy who was going to call in, I uh, can't do it, but then there's a woman that's going to call in from Turkey, maybe, uh, halfway through the oh, program. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so okay, we great. have plenty of time to talk, and uh, thank you for being so brave 
<laughs> well, thank you, thank you a- for uh, <laughs> thank you for letting me come on, and I re- I really appreciate what you do on um, letting us have you know this platform and and a voice. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's um, it's my pleasure, and it's uh, you know when they say like when you're a performer, they say um, we can't help ourselves, right? Or a singer because you can't help yourself. You got to sing, right? Or you want to play an, an <laughs> instrument, right? Right. I think I think it's kind of the same way that it's become for me. But anyway, I would like you to just go ahead and maybe uh, talk a little bit about some of the negative things that um, you want to talk about the rehab that you went to. Yeah, we yeah we could talk about that. Um, I went to, um, I, you know, was missing work for weeks and, and, you know, I was given an ultimatum by my employer, you know, that I needed, you know, I had to to keep my job and needed to go to rehab. I went to a facility called, um, Ashley treatment in um, in Elkridge, Maryland. And, um, I will say, um, I was very much needed for me to be separated from the booze and it was a very, very supportive environment. Um, but, Certainly, there's some criticisms that could be yeah. improved, and 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 one being during my medical detox, um, the safe medical detox that they advertise. Um, I had prescription Xanax from a doctor, and they decided to take that away while I was detoxing from alcohol, um, which and also at the same time they were giving every other patient Librium. They did the opposite of, for me. Um, took away my my medication I could have prevented seizures, um, and I was out. Um, a, a group of us were out smoking cigarettes outside the building, you know, about 10 p.m. and I just collapsed into seizures. Um, wow! Wow! I went to the, uh, went to the hospital, and um, I don't even. Uh, I spent about 12 hours in just absolutely horrific hallucinations. Um, mm. They were shooting Adderall into me. Um, my parents were there. I don't remember them being there because I was mm-hmm. seeing like I was seeing like the doctors as they were looking like demons and this sort of thing. Um, yeah, I was completely out of it. I woke up um, when I finally snapped out of it. Uh, you know, my dad had left because he said he I, he just couldn't take it. He couldn't stand to see you know me in that situation. They were talking about putting me into an, to an induced coma. Um, I woke up strapped down to a bed. Um, which I had apparently been having seizures for about 12 hours. Oh my God! And, you know, my question, and my question is, uh, what in the hell? How would you make that decision to take me off Xanax? Doctor prescribed Xanax while I was detoxing from alcohol. I mean, how? Oh, oh my God! How in the world? I mean, incredibly mm-hmm. dangerous. Yeah, it's really dangerous. Um. Uh, you know, it's uh, – w- when did this occur? Like how recently? This was in, um, this was in February. I went in – well, I went in – it was towards the end of January. Um, this is very um, recent. I, it was, um, it was yeah, pretty recent. recent. Yeah, about, yeah. about seven months ago, yeah. So, um, yeah. You could have died. Yeah, you definitely could have died from the seizure. Yeah, I could have. I mean, had did that you, had, Yeah, go, go ahead. I, I want to ask you something about that. Go ahead. Okay, sure. I was just going to say that had I not been out there, you know, we had to be in our rooms at 11. This was about 10.30. Everybody having a rest of the end of the day. And I've been in my room and wanted to see you. I probably wouldn't be here today. I'd be dead. Did you ever contact them now that you're kind of clear about what happened? And did you call them and, and tell them that you're unhappy with the treatment and 
what what they did to you yeah. was wrong? I, yeah, yeah, I did, and I I told them that I was actually considering, you know, talking to a lawyer and asked them for, you know, I wanted all my, you know, absolutely all my records. I said they took away my Xanax. You know, that shows that they did not provide me Librium, um, as they did for most all the patients. Um, wow. I haven't decided if I'm going to pursue that or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I kind of think, uh, you know, that might be a good thing because everybody, I mean, I'm familiar with that you, and I, because I was, not from my own experience, from from someone really close to me, because I became really friendly with a young woman who worked in treatment, who said like that's the standard is librium, and um, you know you can be uh-huh. drinking and you're really slamming it, and you you take that first thing, and you you know you take it throughout the day, and they usually give you a really good sleeping pill to help you sleep with the first. Um, you know, some people need it for more than a week or two weeks, and then it can become less. Uh-huh. But um, I think it's horrific, and I think um, I pulled up the um, their website uh-huh. as you mentioned the name of it, right? And it's interesting because rehab uh-huh. reviews which is owned by a guy who owns a rehab. So a guy who owns a rehab in Southern California owns this rehab reviews. And it's not people giving reviews. It's him reviewing it or somebody, right? It's just like a review of it. And wow, is it just like stepper, stepper galore for those who think that 12-step recovery is a religion. Um, So this is the whole Father Martin. We talked about this, you know, online. Mm -hmm. Um, God, he lived until 2009. Holy crap. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, Accommodations in food, treatment and staff. Upon arrival, new clients are presented with their own copy of either the big book or a Narcotics Anonymous, as well as Hazel's 24 hours. I got like three of each. They move into like three different rooms every time you have a new big book. They gave you three of each? Have you burned them yet? I have, have one in my car, yet? and the reason I keep one in my car is when people ask me, why did I leave AA, I pull it out of my car, hand it to them, and say, just read this, and you'll see why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know somebody was having trouble sleeping, and I said, you know, I was joking, but I was like, you know, I have a book that you could read that will put you to sleep, you know? And, uh, oh, yeah, uh-huh, yep. And I said, he goes, what book? And I said, oh, the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, put you right mm-hmm. out. You'll be like, you know, um, well, this is really horrible. And so you didn't, you made it through that. And how long did you stay there? Um, well, I came a total of five weeks because they read, they when I went to the hospital, they considered out a discharge and still charged me for, you know, a thousand bucks a day for, for for the first couple of days. So I get back there and started at day one again, stayed another four weeks. Um, and um, it was four weeks of 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 twelve step boot camp is what it was, you know. Um, wow, wow! So they a thousand dollars. Did you have to pay for this, or is insurance covering some of it? Insurance covers some of it, but but insurance did cover a good a good bit of it. Yes, um, my parents helped me out. With, I think the total, um, the total uh, it was about a six thousand dollar bill paid for that. Out of your family's pocket. Out of my family's pocket, yes. Oh, and then yeah. they, so you know what's interesting that when I was first doing research, uh, I was I called like um, SAG after is my health plan, and uh-huh. I do remember it going up like uh, the, everybody's health plan going up, and it was because of this. It was because rehab had to be paid for, right? And they were charging more uh-huh. than my breast cancer surgeries at Cedar Sinai for this bullshit, right? Um, oh, wow. So 
I called up, um, it was called Healthy Options, right, at the time, and so I was trying to get through to somebody. It was, well, no, we don't handle that. We've outsourced that. You have to call this number. So I call a number. I get some woman in Florida. She was so rude to me. I was like, hi, you know, I'm, I'm Monica Richardson. I'm doing a documentary. I'm just doing um, research that if I needed help, but do you need help? And I said, no, if I need help. Well, we have, you know, I have no time for this. You know, there's somebody that's going to be calling in. That's, and I was like, what? Like, you could tell she was a total stepper asshole. And, uh, you know, telling me. And I was like, and so finally it took a lot and it took maybe hours. And then finally I got somebody who would send me, okay, scenario is I want the help or somebody in my family. I have this insurance. It's good insurance. What do you recommend? Where would you suggest I go in California? And on the first page uh, were all stepper places. There was a place where Carla Brada, you know, was, mm-hmm. which was a house. It was a fucking house with, like, four uh. people in a room, not one doctor, not one nurse. And, you know, the mm-hmm. people – oh, so I want to ask you. Let's go back to this place you stayed. So, so let's talk about how big uh, – I mean, I actually saw the military – uh, was involved here. They, they have people they send there. Let me see. 31-year-old Maryland-based rehab was founded by Joseph Martin, nationally acclaimed after the U.S. Navy filmed a talk he gave on addiction. Let me see. Blah blah blah. I would. I, I think I wrote down the notes that you said there were 50 females and 50 100 people there. Uh, a lot yeah. Of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. It's. A, I mean, it's a. It's a pretty big campus. Side note, um, apparently the building that the woman lives in, JFK should take Marilyn Monroe there and, um, you know, do their thing. What, what, little, was, it, what, really? <laughs> what was it before <laughs> it was? It's kind of sad. that must, Was it a retreat? It's, it's, it was before? before it was a treatment center, yes. But the, the oh, building that now, now is the Navy Women's Treatment Center. Yes. Oh, that's fucked up. I noticed that <laughs> some of these places, when I look online and I see um, these locations, I'm thinking, what are, were these places before? Were they camps? Were they retreats? And they're all fucking rehabs. I'm sorry, I'm swearing a lot today because, you know, um, I, I'm just letting myself because it's just so really, it's really more than annoying. But the fact that, you know, you have a beautiful location, I don't see any um, pictures of the location yet because I don't want to like be clicking around too much. But here, yeah. you know what? you know what they say here? Yeah. They say they serve fluffy eggs. <laughs> Breakfast buffet. Yeah, you know what? I'm not sure about that. I'll give them credit. And crispy the bacon and fresh pancakes. I didn't try the pancakes. I wouldn't consider the eggs fluffy. I mean, they did serve good food to their credit, but I don't know about fluffy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I just was like... Um, the same sex, let's see, described as clean and cozy. Each person should should expect to have two roommates. Did you have a roommate? I had a roommate, yes. I was always mm-hmm. always had a roommate. So. Well, um, and what was that like? What were the people, other people like that you were? Was everybody in there a hook, line, and sinker and, and sinking into, hmm? Like, were no, people um, like really you? A, a lot of people, you know, some people did fall for it. You know, I recall one meeting, and, and um, I stopped using the word recovery this day because because um, one of the counselors there during the lecture said, you know, what what does the word recovery mean to you? And the first three people that raised their hand said, work on the 12 steps. And so I'm like, okay. Um, so a lot of people were falling for it. Um, a lot of people, but I will say that the patients that were in there were, you know, were very great, you know, to be around. It would, 
it was a very supportive environment. It, it was just that it was it was it was being twelve step out your eyeballs, you know, which really isn't that useful. Hmm. You know, I, I want to ask you, did you ever, you're not running a review yet, they, they're, it looks like they're pretty anonymous, but there's some really bad reviews here. Somebody did this in July of 2018. I attended FMA last year, and I'm transcribing, blah, 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 blah. Um, my counselor told me that I talked too much in the class. I needed to get in line or ship out. Um, I eventually oh, wow. got kicked out after two weeks for fraternizing, listening, playing chess with an old man. Um, doing my treatment plan was too slow. Um, essentially, my counselor hated me. They couldn't help me. Um, ca- granted, my own company got a full ride to GWU on ac- academics. Let me just see. Uh, um, let's see. Wow, wow. They ruined her road or his road to recovery. Don't waste your time. Oh, wow. is another review. Money or gas mm-hmm. on this place, exclamation point. Uh, someone else wrote, um, it's all about sucking the insurance company dry. Insurance companies need to send an investigator. Ooh. Mm, is this one of those places? Because that was some of the stuff I was doing here. Um, was uh, working with somebody who was investigating places for fraud and kickback. Do you mm-hmm. think, uh, who, who would the kickbacks be going to there? I'm not sure. I mean, I... No, they were like really pimping the the uh, Vivitrol injection, which surprised me because that's that's a medical, you know, that's that's kind of an MAT thing. Um, but I, I so you, sus- suspect they were probably getting kickbacks from that because they were really really pushing it. And when I when I found out that you could get you know the pill version of naltrexone instead, I met a lot of resistance from them. Um, my guess is that they were getting kickbacks from the injection. So did you, you did get um, a Vivitrol shot? I did for two months. I well, I didn't get it there, but when I left, I did. Um, yeah, can yeah. you talk about? So is there something positive we could talk about about that? Because we support you know medically assisted treatment. Um, how did that work for you? Um, I thought it worked well. Um, my doctor, I fortunately I changed doctors after I left after I left Ashley, um, and she's found a doctor that's very supportive of, of medication-assisted treatment, and um, she really liked that, and she also prescribed me um, gabapentin um, to help with my mood, um, which, of course, helps because I drink to numb, you know, to numb my bad, you know, mood, and so the combination of the two really was helpful, very helpful. Um, yeah, I know someone else who I, took the gabapentin. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so, the, you know, now, um, but now I was getting, my insurance covered it when I was in IOP. I went to an IOP for two months after, after, you know, leaving an inpatient. Um, but after that, I can't, can't get insurance to cover the, the injection and so daily pills. And um, that was Gavin How much, how much was the injection? Part. I'm sorry, let me, I wanted to ask you. How much was the injection that if you had to pay for it? Uh, about uh, about 1400 bucks. Yeah, why is it so much money? Uh, whoever's delivering that is like once again, uh, you know, bumping it up because it's it's easy to do and uh, very interesting. And I know the naltrexone is very inexpensive. So if you were right. to overall um, maybe tell me a little bit about you get you get a shot and and how did you feel? Um, it really reduced cravings. And well, the thing is that I I knew that on naltrexone. 
um, and of Wells of Atrona is now Truxton, as you know, um, that, you know, just to try to drink on it, you're not going to get, you know, quite the, quite that euphoria buzz that alcoholics love. Um, it's going to be muted. And I kind of, it, it just kind of made it like, I didn't, it made the debate back and forth in my head go away a little bit because I knew if I drank, I really was going to enjoy it that much anyway, you know, mm-hmm. so it was helpful. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does because I've sat with, you know, had interviewed Claudia Christian who has, I want to make a, maybe I'll make a plug for her right now is a C3 foundation mm-hmm. that she created like five years ago. She has a great film called One Little Pill, which is also mm-hmm. on her website. It's on Amazon and she has a really great website and helps many people get on it and spent many different lunches with her talking and learning a lot about it and, and watched her take mm-hmm. it and use it and, and see how it works for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know someone else who who took it just so she could understand how it uh, felt. And she's a mo- moderate drinker like myself where she'll have one or two glasses of wine and she couldn't mm-hmm. even finish. Like it kind of ruins the, right. even the taste exactly. for her. Yeah, like it, uh, and you know, I I kind of experienced that when um, I had a surgery on my knee last year, and even as a moderate drinker, and I don't usually need a lot of pain medication, but you know, you need some for when you first have it. So I was taking uh, lightweight stuff, though. It's just uh, you know, Valium, not um, was it Vicodin or what's the other one? But they're not really they don't give you really strong doses of anything anymore. Anyway, even the slightest stuff in me, it made it taste like metal. It was weird. Like I tried to have a uh-huh. like a sip of wine just to see if I could drink like half a glass of my dinner, and I was like, oh, that's gross. Right. So I, it might, might be similar, huh, the naltrexone effect right. or something. Um, yeah, right. It's, 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 I, I did, um, um, I did um, attempt to, to drink just, just out of curiosity to see what it, w- it would be like on naltrexone, and, and – um, it was basically that after, you know, a couple of drinks is no desire. Mhm. Mhm. You know, it's it's like if you ate if you ate um three pounds of pancakes, you know, even though you like pancakes and somebody said, Hey, want another pancake? You're just like, No. I don't want no more. Wow, well that's super great. I wanna encourage if any of my listeners that if you have had a bad experience to please go on to these websites uh, whether you can do it in Yelp, it looks like in rehab reviews you can give a negative review, and they're being left up here. Um, I would suggest you go in and do it. Everyone out there who look put put in the name of your rehab, and um, and maybe also do it on Yelp, um, because people <coughs> are now looking for this kind of thing and seeing, you know, what's a crappy place and and what is. Uh, it was interesting when I posted that in the two different groups. To see, it would be great to have like a one website that had all of the completely non twelve step places that are out there because there are there's some, right? It's there's not there's none. Oh look, somebody here said they had bed bugs and lice bites from there too. Medical care outside the specialist is very slow. Pill pushers. Yeah, that's what it said here. It says um, it's all about sucking the insurance company dry. Insurance companies need to send an investigation. Oh, I think I read that part. But this other part is um, most employee counselors are former, if not still drug addicts, watch the uh, law program extended sucking the insurance company. I think I'm going to make a little note of this one when I talk to some of the people that I'm talking to. 
Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. really sad that places where people used to go to retreat or relax have now become these places. But anyway, I wanted to ask you, we talked about a lot of different things uh, the other day. And um, do you want to talk about your friend uh, who went to the Marty Man house? Um, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that that was the perfect example of, you know, you hear a lot of phrase in um, in AA as well. Step overall, you hear the phrase um, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You know, in several years, you know <laughs> that I knew this girl. It's all they did was put her back through the twelve step mill over and over again. And you know, I just wonder at what point. You know, do they realize this treatment isn't working? There's other mm-hmm. treatments out there. You know, mm-hmm. why wasn't, you know, the first time she ended up in a hospital, why didn't a physician sit down with her, you know, and 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 have a list of all the things, that, you know, that you mentioned, um, you know, smart recovery. I mean, sure, mentioned 12-step mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's obvious. They're going to be mentioned, mentioned smart um, SOS, Women for Sobriety, um, Refuge Recovery, Medication assisted, assisted Treatment, and describe all of those things to her. You know what I mean? But all it was, uh, as far as I know, I mean, I called her up on a Sunday morning one time, and I told you about this. Well, not a Sunday morning. It was maybe a Sunday afternoon, you know, and they're like, well, she's busy right now. Called her back later, and she's like, yeah, I was busy because I was scrubbing the stairs. And I'm like, that's wow. Desi, what are you talking about? And she's like, Well, I missed a I missed an AA meeting and that's it's called performing your consequence. You know, they punish you. You know, and she had to scrub the stairs of, for not of, going of the to AA man. meeting. So does AA yeah. does AA in New York know that people are being punished and made to scrub stairs? That's an interesting maybe I'll I'll bring that up next time I call New York. Wow, that is yep. fucked up. And of course, it's called the Marty Man House. Is this what this one is? Yeah, yeah. Yep. At Where the is time, the I didn't know who Marty Man was. Now I do, but I, know, I can see why it's the fucked up, ridiculous place that that it was. And you know, she was hmm. court ordered that she was civil commitment, and um, it's all that happened was she was it didn't work, and they just all, their next answer was just go to another twelve step rehab, and. You know, when it didn't work, they guilted and shamed her, and, you know, she just turned 27 Friday, and she didn't. So. Well. That's really sad. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's really... These, and and she didn't have a close family, did she? If I remember right, you told me that. No, 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 no. Oh, this is in Minnesota, the place where. Uh, yeah. Do you know the the, the, uh, the land of a thousand rehabs? Um, she went to plenty of them. I can't wait till these places don't exist anymore, and right. these homes can go back to becoming like retreats, or um, because really most people don't need to be put away for so long or go away for so long, but while you have it so infested. Um, in the, the FAA and the Board of Nursing and 
the whole thing with the doctors, and now I think someone else posted something about they know for a fact that police officers and some firemen, if they reach out for help, are going to be sent to an AA-style program that I'm just like, you know, it's going to take a... It's going to take as much as it took Marty Mann to grow Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I found out what she did and how deep it was, I was really shocked. You know, and I think I'm going to make another short video like I made the other one. I couldn't take it anymore, so I made like a short video on my phone. And I'm going to do another one just about, you know, how AA got so big because it didn't get big from one person to another. That's the horseshit that was sold to me in the 70s. Uh, that's not how it happened. It's not how it happened at all. And if Bill Wilson had not met her, if Marty had not gotten sober, she would have never. he would have never met Rockefeller, never in a million never. years. And he met Henry Ford because of her. They had the Saturday Evening Post article because of Marty, because her lover Priscilla worked for Vogue. I mean, give me an, you know, a break here. Like, it's really huge how it got in and it got in with people who didn't like alcohol so the people who loved the idea of making people powerless um they loved the idea of that it was your fault the alcohol business the industry loved that it was now your fault not demon rum you were the demon you're the fucked up one you're broken so they don't have to take responsibility which i don't want them to anyway i want people to be able to drink alcohol i don't want to demonize it Uh, But and the groups of like Rockefeller didn't drink, his father didn't drink, and then his grandfather was, you know, was a creepo and was a drunk. But that doesn't, you know, it's just interesting. Uh, And those type of people who were non-drinkers back then freaking loved it. Like if we look at Trump, you know, he's a he's a teetotaler, and uh, you know, so what was his father? It's interesting. You could see his brother. His brother drank because he was a pilot. And his father made his father was a bully man. He was really bad. But um, the Marty Man House. I'm just taking a look here at the website. A nurturing, nurturing Walter. Yeah, I guess. I guess nur- very I guess. nurturing when you miss a meeting and you're punished. Treatment, alcohol. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call them. I am gonna call these people. <laughs> this is, um, we could call. We, we should do a show where I call when I'm online. You know, when I'm live on the oh, air. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, good luck getting through. I can tell you. What's that? I said, said good luck getting to actually go for it, but good luck talking to anybody. Getting a person? You mean I'm going to go to a call center somewhere? You'll you'll get a like, you'll get a receptionist, and mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens. Go ahead. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to do it right now, but I, I'm just was oh, kind okay, of sorry. laughing about it that um, it's this big house. A big, like somebody's mansion. I think it got donated by yeah. mm-hmm. somebody who probably got sober. And, um, you know, they, I got to tell you, at the very end, when I was in AA and I went to, like, the general service stuff because I was a GSR, wow. and there was uh, everybody from New York, GSO came out, and it was like some Marriott down in, not far from me, like 20 minutes away or something in Manhattan Beach. They all had themselves up on a stage, propped up on a stage behind, you know, those tables and, like, what, what each of them did and, like, they had two mics set up for people to talk and there were people that I knew that were educated, intelligent, going up to the mic and, like, crying, like, you saved my husband's 
life, and I was, you know, and I'm so great. Like, talking to them, like they Mm -hmm. were like the Pope or something. Oh, right. And by then, then I was totally deprogrammed, and I was just like, wow, why are you you doing this? Why are you telling them how it was really super weird? And, um, I mean, I know you have a lot of feelings about this, and so if there's... Uh, any anything else? We're like at the halfway point. I can't believe it. The time just flies by. Oh, when you're... Okay. Yeah. Tell me oh, what wow, else you want to talk wow, about. Wow, half hour. Wow, I didn't even realize. Um, yeah. Um, it's um, Dan. It's not coming on. Talking about his book. No. You know what? He said he got a chance to move out of where he was, okay. and so last minute that he couldn't. So I'm sure you know we'll we'll get him back on because he's very active, and I would definitely like to hear. Uh-huh. He has to say, I had no idea that he was raised in it, that he had parents. And I was like, once I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, poor guy. Uh, yeah, I, I actually have his book. It's a, it's a, it's a decent read. Um, I was hoping to hear from him, talk tonight. Um, but you said someone from someone from Turkey is calling in? Yeah, there's supposed to be somebody calling in. Uh, I'm going to say this just right now. Um, if you want to call in, uh, it's 818-475-9211. What we were talking about is why people leave Alcoholics Anonymous and what happens when you leave. We did a really quick show last week. Uh, We we talked directly about it. Steve and I, who was in it for a very long time, I think Steve was in it 29 years. He's now 51, came in at 20, and I came in at 18 and left at whatever I was in my 50s. Um, 818-475-9211. If you want to call in, call in if you are... Um, the lady who was supposed to call in from Turkey, it's going to be a long-distance call, but um, I'm not sure that it's going to work, so you know we can just continue to talk. And then if someone else calls in, I'll call. But I think that one of the reasons, I, at first, I mean, I thought people were leaving because they were harassed, but then like as I started my blog, it was really apparent that the percentage of people that leave because of the 13-stepping and sexual harassment and rape I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot of that, but it was way more uh, all this other stuff. Like, what would you say, like, the list of things of what you don't like about Alcoholics Anonymous, Walter? My main growth with it is that they, to me, and I told my therapist this week, um, this past week, um, a week ago, I had a point with her. um, I said to her, um, you know, there was two main hurdles that I had to get over to get, you know, to start, you know, make it make a change in my life. The main one, obviously, would, be, would have to be myself because I would mm-hmm. have to want to make a change. But then when I decided right. I wanted to make a change and get some help with it, the single biggest hurdle out there is 12-step mythology. Mm-hmm. You, you, go to any, and you go to any doctor and it's the first thing they're going to say is go to meetings. Uh, really? You know, it's all that, you know, I went to inpatient treatment, and 80% of it was just listening to people say, call your sponsor, go to meetings. It was worthless. There was no useful information whatsoever, Monica. Wow. You know, um, my own therapist, she's asked me three times, what is the name of the medication that you are on? Because she doesn't know. They're not trained. All they're trained to do is tell people to go, to AA. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 utterly amazing. It's mind-boggling. 
And how, how long has I've, she been well, out of school? Is she like someone who's been out of school like more recent, or is she an older therapist? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure, but she seems. I mean, I would say she's probably like in her mid fifties. Um, yeah, she's. But I don't know. But her. my therapist told me that they were all. <coughs> excuse me. That they were all sent. My therapist is. I think in her. What is she in her sixty late sixties or early seventies? She told me that um, they were all told that in school. That you shouldn't even work right. with anybody until they have a year sober in AA. That's on. And, and my doctor. To, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look, I mean, I've talked to uh, to some people that that I happen to know who work in, you know, that uh, um and have, who are therapists. Um, a friend I went to grade school with. Um, there's one that happens to work in my work building who I'm friendly with. Um, and and I've asked you know several people what what's What's your thought on, you know, suggesting medication, you know, treatment um, to people who have, you know, who have substance abuse issues? And they all, the general answer is that, well, I didn't suggest it to them because it might interfere with them working on their program. Well. Yeah. Right. You see. I mean, that's a strategy of how do you undo that. Like, you would have to have people speaking in front of the, you know, the board of psychiatry. You'd have to speak um, or get books like the Freedom Model in front of all the students who are becoming PhDs and MFCCs and everyone who's studying addiction. Because there is now, people realize that there's, oh, there's money in this. There is a career in this. I could be an AA member, right. and now I'm going to go get and become a social worker. And social worker is sort of a low level of, you know, they're not. A, you're not a therapist if you're a social worker, but you're going to get around a right. lot of people who are going to have substance use issues and mental health issues. Right. And if you're a stepper, I mean, when I was dealing with uh, the rape case out in Indio, the freaking woman who was her victim's advocate was a fucking stepper. Mm, Jesus. And she was lying to the victim. She said things to her that were outrageous. And her level of power and her arrogance, I mean, uh, if I were not on the victim's side, I would have had a fight with her in the hallway. But I just contained myself and just, you know, go down the road that she really needed to go with her. And she needs to be reported. And I kept telling her, you need to fire her and tell them I want someone who's not in AA. My advocate, when the rapist was in AA, he actually told her to stop talking about that she don't bring up AA. And that's what the DA actually led her opening argument with, her opening statement. And she's supposed to be Amazing. on her side. It was it was it was like worse than a movie. It was worse than watching Law and Order. You couldn't you couldn't have written a more fucked up case. And then to make it worse, while I was away, it was a court date, and he was he's going to be given another another trial. It's going to be his third trial. Never did time. He, he was convicted four counts of felony rape. And uh, yeah, I mean that's how in the courts in California. I can't stand it here. This place is like. Uh, you know, wussy, wussy AA heaven. Uh, I mean, it, it's my Yeah, we need a non-profit. We need a non-profit and, you know, me and a few other people, you know, speaking around the country. And you have people maybe like Stephen Slade and um, Michelle Dunbar should be on 
you know, every they should be doing a book tour and on right. as much television but that costs money. You have to hire a publicist who has connections. Right. Or somebody that goes through there then has connections and then introduces somebody, you know, just like it happened with Marty Mann coming out here to Hollywood. And then mm-hmm. she was working yep. with, uh, oh, my God, she was working with uh, one of the, I can't remember, I want to say Mary Pickford. Oh, my God. I mean, there was like nobody bigger back then. Mm-hmm. You could marry Pickford because the husband was a drunk, right, Peter Lawford or whoever it was. I forget who was right. Mary Pickford was married to, but... You know, she comes out, and then, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not sure. There's, like, plenty of ass-kissing, and then if people are, you know, it's just, like, gay, then everybody gets, oh, we're all gay together, and so we're going to help each other. No, it's true. I mean, it's a community. And back then, there's nothing wrong. I don't have a problem with it, but there is a community there. They have community. They know yeah, how to work together. Right. Gay people uh-huh. knew how to fucking get shit done. You know, they were, like, they were out there screaming outside the... Um, you know, where they, was it the FDA, when they wouldn't pass those drugs that they knew were going to save lives. You kidding? They didn't, they didn't like, you know, take that lying down. They came together. And they might have had some infighting, but they got stuff done. And, uh, right. I mean, I watched all of those documentaries with the gay rights movement because I could see how, I said, well, who, who was an underdog? I mean, they were, they were told they were mentally ill. Like people, when they think about right. this, when they're, that people have a disease, someday they will look back. I pray to God, I pray, I hope, that someday we'll look back in this world. Somebody called it a disease, addiction, but yet they were not being treated by doctors. So right. what a, what a mind. What a mind fuck is that, right? But, I mean, so, but they said, you know, so they were, first of all, they were called that they had, they were mentally ill that they were uh, they were put in paddy wagons and taken out of bars and arrested. I remember hearing stories about that when I'm you know in the 1960s in New York City, and they have come so far with the work they did. How did they do it? And I watched every documentary I could on gay rights activism, and it was really powerful. But I, one thing I could see was that we you know we got to come together. You have to like right. you know you need money, and you need a lot of money. They had a lot of money. And a lot of money right. donated by, you know, all kinds of famous uh, gay activists and people who weren't active, gay, I mean, anyway. But I, I really look at that, and we really, I guess when I say need and want um, a nonprofit, and I'm probably going to create one because then you have money given and we can hire lawyers because that, and besides lawyers, we need lawyers really bad to fight for the, so maybe something would happen like you, what happened with your friend at the Marty Mann place. Oh, my God, they should be sued. They should be sued uh, for making her um, w- to clean the floor. Who the fuck are they? Right. You know, I mean, like, really. And But th- what's so weird is that so many people leave and are passive. Like, they don't sue. Um, it, like, so you're in the most vulnerable place you might ever be in your life. It's not like you're exactly. getting fired from your job. Exactly. You get fired from your job because you did something wrong. You're, you're not in a vulnerable place. You were just, like, fired, right? Something, something went wrong. Either they're being harassed at work or maybe it's your boss's fault. Who knows? But you're, in this situation, you have dead kids, and then the parents have to be strong enough to go after these places. Mm-hmm. So what do you yep. need? You, meet, you need an advocate. They, everybody yep. needs an advocate. Well, I guess it's going to be me. I've been fighting, and there's other people <laughs> who are advocates fighting people who do have kids who died who are mad as hell and they are not going to stop and there are parents who sued some of these places and won 
But we're at a point where, you know, this type of thing, what you're telling me, it was so heartbreaking when you posted it in the group about uh, your friend passing. Uh, you could see the response of everybody in the group. Yep. Yep. You know, very touching and really um, supportive that, uh, you know, I'm, and my mother just passed. Sure. My mother died suddenly in, in Germany on a vacation. And so I'm kind of came back and, you know, I've always expected to just get back to it, whether it was my brain surgery. Okay, then I had breast cancer and I had to, like, take a moment there and take a few months and heal and then get build up my my strength that again. Was that the process or more than a moment? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I was saying it was probably more than just one moment. But, <laughs> it okay. was more than a moment. Yeah, it was months. I mean, my brain surgery took the least amount of time. I was like crazy. I was like, okay, I gotta get back. I gotta make this movie. I can't like keep this, you know. And that was of all the things as scary as it was. Uh, you know, the breast cancer was worse because I had so many surgeries and it was failing, and I was right. afraid, you know, that it would spread or something. But uh, right. my mom passing is just, you know, it's really recent. So a part of me is like, yeah. okay, sure. I know what I have to do, but I can't always do what I want to do right now. I just have to kind of, you know, really kind of, I'm not going to say one step at a time or one foot in front of the other, because both of those phrases, you know, mm-hmm. for me, are like sort of just stepper language. Yeah. But what, what I say is, yeah. I, I take one piecemeal at a time, like I'm singing again, right? So I'm doing there something you know. that's making me, uh, is, I practiced before um, I did the show, I practiced again, and um, yeah, I'm going to sing probably a couple times a month in this place in Beverly Hills and yeah. uh, auditioning for some on, voiceover. Mm-hmm. Right. On a side note, I think you should you should post a video of your singing to the to the uh, to the groups. I think we'd all like to see it. Say that again. I was going to say that I think you should um, post a video of 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 you of you singing to the to the groups. I think we would we would all like to see it. Oh, that's what someone else, Heather, told me to do it and post it, and I was like, uh-huh. maybe maybe this time. But there was, was a one friend yeah. who was there who had his phone. Do it. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll see Monica. Do it. All right, all right. We'll, we'll post a minute or so yeah. of a song. But it should okay. be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think that it's we have like 14 minutes left. Uh, I'm, I'll do a little commercial here. I'm Monica Richardson. This is Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. If you or somebody uh, you love was uh, harmed by Alcoholics Anonymous or a rehab or a sober living and you want to talk to me, you can reach me at makeaasafer at gmail.com. It's makeaasafer at gmail.com, or you can find me on uh, Twitter or on uh, Facebook. And um, there's lots of groups. I'll do another plug for the group. So if you were in AA or NA, or we have even some people in OA, although she did start uh, like a leaving OA group on Facebook, which is really good, I think, for that group of people. Boy, those programs are really nuts. OA and FA, you talk about control and uh, really crazy control freaks. They are in OA and Food Addicts Anonymous. They really, and even some Al-Anon can be nuts. But uh, anyway, the groups are these, if you're listening. There's leaving AA, simply leaving AA. Then there's deprogramming from AA or any 12-step group. There's make AA safer. There's expose AA. There's one for pro and con, so people who are actually in it and pro it can go in there and can 
fight about it, but there's not really enough, a lot of that happening. <laughs> it's a really funny group. I don't know why. I, I, I wanted to create it when people were – so say in one of the groups you'd have a pro-stepper, like, coming in. And, you know, most of the time they're trolling, whatever, but sometimes they are really – they did leave and they liked it and they want to – and forget it. You know, we're like, we're like, we're not having this. You know, you're not going to go on and on about how much it helped you. We don't give a shit. How, go, to, go, go join another group. There's plenty of groups in Facebook that are like about long-term recovery, and I'm la, la, la. I mean, did you see the, the groups Alcoholics Anonymous? There's like 35,000 people in it, or Rowdy Rum, these groups. And I'm like, no thanks. But um, here's the other group. So if you're a, a professional, pilot, nurse, or doctor, even a, a police officer or a uh, fireman. This other group is called Say No to AA for DUI or Professional Extortion of Pilots, Nurses, and Doctors. It's a closed group. Uh, it's not a big group, but it's like 141 people are in it. And, uh, you know, it's really it's really sad. In fact, just got reminded I have to call another pilot back because they just, he, he gave up. Like five years he had to go. And he told me that he did everything. And it's like he said, forget it, Monica. You have to go for the rest of your life if you want to be a pilot. They are so in control. He said it's like worse than anything he's ever seen, like such a cult. And the FAA is involved, and the pilots' union is involved. And what happens is this goody-two-shoe steppers are so into service that then they get involved in these levels of power in their unions, in the FAA. They become the president of like Delta, you know, or the CEO, you name it. And I, I mean, I just was like, uh, we can't even get a, an attorney, you know, to fight it, to fight the extortion that goes on with these guys. I hate it. Do you have any, any ideas? <laughs> Walter, did I lose you? Oh, I think we got disconnected. Walter? I cannot hear. Well, Walter, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. All right. Well, it looks like the woman from Turkey is not calling in, but we have had a good talk. And if you were, do you feel like you could help in some way? Like, would you want to uh, be involved if there was a non-profit and there could be some kind of way that you could help? Yes. Yep. <clears throat> For sure. You just, you know, let me know. And how how would you want to help? I mean, I, I, I guess we would have to talk and you would have to, you know, let me know. I mean, I do have, you know, Web design skills. I could help with marketing, perhaps. Um, it would depend mm-hmm. on what on, on what you're looking for. Um, but you know, if I can help, then I want to. So yeah, that's a big deal. That's actually a really important uh, tool or skill, with especially with this kind of stuff. Would be website and you know build the site for the nonprofit and and marketing of it. Definitely okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. That's definitely something that um, um I plan on doing. This year, I do not think that this lady from Turkey is calling in. I didn't expect her to. I have maybe maybe done a few. Yeah, I've done a few shows with uh, with people from the UK, 
but never. Her name is Malik. Malik. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that it's it's not going to work. It's that's that's pretty hard to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's I think. Uh, <laughs> what's that? Turkey. That's always away. Yeah, it's a long way. It was pretty close yeah. to. It's on the other side of. Is it Portugal or is it no, Austria? I don't know. My uh, geography is. Have you been to Europe? I haven't. No. No, you ought to go there. It's a beautiful place. No. Yeah, they don't. Um, the the nice thing, uh, one of the reasons I I picked Portugal, I mean I had been inspired by my mother. She had gone there a couple times with my stepdad years ago and just raved about the people being nice and the food was so delicious and all this other stuff. And it's so old, like in such a cool way. Uh, it, it's like from. Eight nine, you know, where is it? Lisbon. This was founded in like eight seventy two, and so it's like eleven hundred years old. It was the center of Europe at one time before Paris, like before London. Uh, the buildings are just amazing, and Harry Potter was written. The first two books she wrote in Porto, where port is made. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and there's a lot of tourists coming now just because of that. It's kind of funny. You have to wait an hour in line to get to into the bookstore. I did not go to the Majestic Cafe. I don't know why. I just it just felt a little overwhelmed from the tourism stuff once we uh, got into the bookstore. But my my sons had both uh, read Harry Potter when they were little, so we did do that. But the reason was <laughs> when I read Chasing the Scream. Did you read that book, Chasing the Scream, by Johan Hari? I haven't. No, no. Oh, my God. If there's one book that I would say of all these non-12-step books I read, it was fascinating. It was really – it took an outsider to come in and see – yeah, it's on the drug war. It was a failed – the history of the failed war on drugs in America and our first drug czar, Harry Anslinger. His mother was a heroin addict. And it it starts right before um, Prohibition ended. So Prohibition was from 1920 to 1933. AA started in 1934. Interesting, right? Everybody was slamming booze for 13 years. We were slam. Prohibition made us into, uh, and even Gabrielle Glaser talks about this in her book, Her Best Kept Secret. It made Americans into binge drinking. We were not, I'm sorry, binge drinkers. We were not binge drinkers before Prohibition. But those crazy fucking women from the mid-1850s, along with the men who hated alcohol, it took them about 60 years, 70 years. They worked very hard on it to, to make that happen. They, it was, they, went, they pushed and pushed, but that book, so what happened in Portugal was that they had a really bad heroin problem. And I think it was about 17 years ago, and they decriminalized all drugs. You don't. If you have a small amount on you, they're not going to arrest you. Now they arrest like you know for pe- the, the dealers, but it was weird. Like we would come out of our hotel. Uh, this was in Porto, and be like, "You want some drugs?" You know, and my, I have sons in their twenties, and they were like constantly asking us. They were trying to sell cocaine and pot, and my sons would turn like, "We're from California. We have like some of the best pot in the world. No thanks." <laughs> but what we what they had heard on the street as millennials was that. Like, even if you would, don't touch the cocaine there because it's being laced with some other stuff. Like, don't try any, like, don't try any drugs there. (laughs) 
first of all, when you have alcohol and pot, when pot is you know resident, what recreationally legal in California, but. Uh, Anyway, it was nice to be in a country where they're not crazy. You can drink at 18 all over Europe, right? Right. Uh, Turkey, I just found that it's east of Greece. It's right next to Greece. But look, at we talked for almost a whole hour. I think we're going to finish up. I thank you for, for bearing with me as we just continued to have a conversation. It was a nice conversation, Walter. Oh, man, thank you for having me. I was really happy to... To call in and talk tonight. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I will see you uh, out there on Facebook. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you, Walter, for calling in and t- telling us about these two bad places the Ashley Addiction Treatments Place and the Marty Man House. Stay away. Write your bad reviews, folks. I'm telling you, <laughs> I've, if you're listening to my show and you're on all these Facebook pages complaining, I encourage you to go on to this. RehabReviews.com, write your bad reviews, go to Yelp, write the bad reviews, call them up, complain, ask for your money back, be a pain in the ass, don't just take it, if you can, if you have it within you. All right, so I'm going to say good night now. Good night, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, Walter. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Robert. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye, everybody. See you again. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.